You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome everyone to The Day with Trey. I am your host, Trey Holiday. Grand rising to all y'all out there. You can see that I have a special guest with me, but you know I gotta do my whole intro. And of course, we are not in the studio today. We are in the famed Art Noir. So y'all know right here on 23rd and Union, y'all gonna need to come down and check out this amazing quilt exhibit they have here. Let me tell you, it is phenomenal. But also I gotta tell y'all that I'm excited excited for my two guests today that are going to be joining me. We got Miss Ari Groover and Miss Paris Lewis. Both of them are playing Tina Turner in the Tina Turner the Musical that is going on right now at Paramount Theater. It started last night uh, or started on the 12th and is actually continuing until the 17th. So it is a phenomenal show and I'm excited to have both of them joining me. Of course, though, before we get to them, it is the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. That's right. Participate <laughs> with us. Go ahead. Tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch our TV show, we surely have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite. Go ahead and search for us and y'all will find us there. Well. I'm going to tell you right now, I got the chance to actually see Ari. So I'm over here starstruck because she put it down. What's up, Ari? How you doing? <laughs> Amazing. I, I, you know, I got to say, I love being able to see folks before I interview them. And it just seemed like you gave everything mm -hmm. on opening night. You just <laughs> gave it all. So I want to talk about your beginnings, right? People can probably look you up, figure out where you went to school. Mm. But what are some of those nodes that people may not be able to find that are really pivotal in you being on that stage as Tina Turner today? Um, well, uh, I am a, a Georgia girl, Georgia peach, as, as people would say. Um, I was born in Savannah, Georgia, raised in Atlanta. Um, I, uh, funny story is I, I actually didn't really see myself doing musical theater um, or Broadway for that matter. Um, I actually went to, it's funny, I actually went to school for art and illustration. Wow. And um, always you know, was surrounded by performing arts. My mother used to be a dance teacher and a professor at um, Savannah State University, which is an HBCU. All right, go Tigers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she would always surround me with the arts. Um, it's something that has always been a part of my life, arts and sports, but uh, particularly arts in um, Savannah, especially with the uh, like Geechee and Gullah culture. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, for, for the longest, I did not see myself doing musical theater at all. I was just like, no, nah, this is this is corny. I don't see me doing this. Or, or I didn't see a lot of me, meaning people that look like me, doing this or thriving in this industry, except for the ones that we all know about, you know, Liz, you know, you have Color Purple and all these things. But before that, I just didn't have an interest. I thought I was going to be a backup dancer for like Chris Brown and, <laughs> and all of these artists, especially in Atlanta, because that's the thing, bad music. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is I'm actually a DJ in New York City. Wow. I, I've 
have a company and I DJ for all of the Broadway events, opening nights, um, some underground parties. Um, you know, if you, you know the culture, you know the culture. Um, <laughs> so that is that is my other half of also being a performer. And they, they are lucky to go hand in hand. Um, that's maybe a little bit of tad bit that people don't know. Maybe they'll find out, but they don't know. Well, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, I'll say that when you think about a character like Tina, there's so much specificity yeah. yes. in her as a character and watching you embody so many of those characteristics. What was it like for you in terms of playing such an iconic character? I mean, how do you, you know, get yourself into the mindset to really embody all of those nuances? Um, it's definitely... Um, it's an interesting process, but it's a fun process when you think about uh, Tina being not only just a reflection of who she is, but of, of who uh, a lot of your uh, matriarchs in your family are. Uh, she's so relatable to me because she is like my mother's, you know, my, my aunts, my, my grandmother's, my great grandmother, uh, where it's this force of, of you know, uh, persevering through you know trials and tribulations despite what um, things may come your way. And, and the inter interesting thing about Tina is that the fact that when her career blossomed and bloomed, normally people would say it's too late for you. Mm -hmm. this, this industry has a way of making women and particularly black women feel like you only have um, a lifespan in this career and your expiration date is here, especially when you have kids especially when you have built this foundation with a, a, an abusive partner, abusive man, um, and they don't see you outside of that. But she became so much more. So learning and, and, and developing our um, personal connection and idea of what Tina meant for us um, was pivotal. And the great thing about Tina that she would say um, to most of her Tinas everywhere, mm -hmm. Tinas, you know, from across the globe that also have Tina, the Tina Turner musical as well, would be like, you know, you may be a reflection of me, but it's still you. Mm -hmm. So in some, you have to bring the honesty of you and, and your integrity into playing her because if you are honest, then it makes her honest. Um, so it's wonderful to know that though it may seem like a high pedestal, you, you take some of the pressure off because at the end of the day, she just really wants you to be connected and be you. And that will tell the story just because of who she is as a human and, and what her music do, did for, you know, generations of, of people, even today, people who may not have been around as people who will, yeah. you know, will not know Tina, um, you know, since she has passed, God rest her soul. Um, but the music and her legacy will always be there. And that's why she's been able to do these things for years, decades, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the great part about finding our Tina. I really appreciate that perspective because I think almost for any actress, actor out there, especially when it comes to live theater, there's something that's so um tangible mm -hmm. in terms of the audience experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're pouring something out, but they're receiving something. 
all at the same time. And ultimately, if you're not honest with yourself in any role you're playing, it actually comes across Mm -hmm. to the audience. It's different because on camera, things can be hidden. You know, they can edit certain things out. But when you're there, it's like you got to be raw, you know, and you really got to find that center for any character you're playing. When you think about some of the work you did before hitting the stage as Tina, you know, what are some of those exciting moments that really allowed you to see yourself in musical theater even more? Like, what was that first experience? Cause you're like, I don't know if I was gonna do musical theater. You know, I'm not sure about that. I wasn't, I was not You sure. know, <laughs> what, what were some of those experiences that really grounded you in this as another art form of your choice? You know, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's something about live theater, the people, you know, you really can't fake the funk when you are with live people. Yeah. It's like, you, you got it or you don't. <laughs> right. But when you, when you work so hard and when you get that crowd that may not know all that you've been through, but they are so in awe and, and, and the fact that you are able to inspire somebody that who felt like me, was like, I don't see myself doing this, so I don't have an interest. Now look at you and say, wow, I can, I really could do this or be anything that I want to be. Um, that's, I think that's the special thing about theater. Um, and then when you get that live crowd and you see those people and you, you're looking at them eye to eye, whether it's close up in the orchestra or even in the balcony, I know it's far, but we like, we see, yeah. we do see everything and we see everyone and we, we feel everybody's uh, emotional attachment to us as we're going along this journey together. Yeah. And it's something about the adrenaline and the, and the rush and, 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 and then, you know, the people seeing afterwards and not even having a clue about the things that you went through. You, you may have a shoe fall off, you know, costumes. <laughs> come apart um you know sometimes vocally you're like oh i'm very tired so how can i push through and in the audience really reminds you that this this thing that we do this this you know life that we live we're all in the same accord and if i can take two hours or three hours you know of you getting whatever stress in the world off your mind then i i have done my job you know, it's a very human experience that I think everyone should at least experience once in their lives. I know sometimes the arts is hard for people to see, um, especially in communities that are, are not necessarily getting the reach. Um, uh, financially speaking, there's, there's places, you know, in New York that people in the Bronx have still never seen a Broadway show. And it's just trying to make it affordable in this economy, you know, for people to come and see and and support the arts because the arts really do um, change lives and change perspectives. And it brings people who may not even have a common interest or or think differently to be on one accord for three hours. So I think that's the beauty. That's why I've been doing this for now 11 years. Um, And and it's, it's the one thing that keeps me going with this it's very it's very important we, it's, as Nina Simone would say it's you know it's our duty to reflect the times so yes. this is this is what what keeps me going well I agree so much with the zeitgeist I always talk about like the, the signs of the times mm-hmm. they change over time and we also see them come back mm-hmm. like you know you have a lot of uh, I have a lot of elders in my life who will say oh yeah we're hitting that age again, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, because some folks have talked about what we're experiencing even here in this building and in this space. I mean, this was the historic Black 
community mm. of Seattle, the mm-hmm. Central District. And, you know, Art Noir being right here on the corner of 23rd and Union, being black owned, it means so much to so mm-hmm. many people. Mm-hmm. And the it's almost like a black renaissance happening yeah. in this area. So it's like people have been saying, oh man, we're coming back to that, you know, yeah. where people are investing in black owned this and that, you know, restaurants, businesses, um, we need these kinds of spaces. Yes. But, you know, when you talk about being a DJ, uh, and, uh, you know, someone who's a performer in musical theater, I would love to hear how the two intertwine. Cause I can only <laughs> imagine, I mean, in my, in my mind, I'm like, you know, you're, you're moving a crowd either way, either way. right. Yeah. And there's something so special about DJing with music and yeah. then performing musical theater. It's still this, this underlying current of music, how it moves folks. Oh yes. Speak to that a little bit for us. It, I'm happy you hit the, <laughs> the nail right on the head with that one. Um, you know, it, it, the one thing that I will say, cause I probably have been DJing as long as I've been doing this, uh, this career. And like you said, it's, it's the ability to move people and to watch and, you know, Yes, you have certain technical aspects when it comes to DJing, and there's so many different genres and subgenres of what DJs like to play. Um, I'm pretty open formatted, but if I had to say my roots that that drive me from what my mom used to play, it's always funk. Um, you know, house. Oh, we big yeah. house head. Um, house. You know, like a golden age of hip hop because my siblings are older, so they would play. You know, '93 to Infinity, like all of that stuff. Um, uh, even to the 80s new wave, you know, it's, it's all of these things. And and I think people have to realize that sometimes a certain song is uh, uh, nostalgic. It is nostalgia for some people. Um, they remember where they were at this time, at this place when they heard this song. Um, so it creates memories. So as a DJ, you you your music curates this atmosphere that allows people to remember where they were and how they felt at that time, which is why music is so universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same application to DJing of watching the crowd and seeing you were really listening and participating into people's experiences. And it is the same thing with theater. Um, you know, you may have a, a book writer uh, who, who wrote this wonderful script and may have a line that resonates with somebody and it's your job to you know say this in this way and you get that feel from that person. Mm-hmm or the way the music of the show reminds people, oh, I remember when Higher came out, I was here and I was at this place and when they performed this and, and, and Tina went crazy. It, like, it is, is, is very precious to see that and with DJing or with being a performer in any genre, whether it is film, television, musical theater, plays, um, we have that responsibility to, to get people to have the freedom to emote and to have the freedom to say, I remember where I was in this space and what a time. Reflection yeah. is such a, a beautiful thing. You know, I think that sometimes we we, we take for granted um, to reflect on certain things and how we felt um, in certain places, spaces, good or bad. It is, it is all wonderful to have that experience, whether it's cleansing or whether it's just, I needed that, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I have to say, DJing has always allowed me to still stay in that creative space to allow people to have the freedom. And, and it's, it's funny because they think it's about us as a DJ, but it's really about the people. Yeah. It's about the people. It's about keeping the people together. And if it's one thing that we can do, you know, as black folks, we're we, we going to love the party. We yeah. love the fellowship. 
we love the song and dance. Yeah. So that's, and that's, I mean, that's throughout history. This, this kept us going as people. Yeah. So that's, it's very important to like keep those two together. So you, like I said, you need the nail on the head now. <laughs> well, I figured there was clearly some alignment here, right? Yes. It only seemed to make sense. Yes. Uh, when you think about, you know, portraying Tina, I mean, you, you spoke about it so beautifully, but there's also something that when you're on that stage, there's really something you want the audience to walk away with. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear, you know, what is it you, you as a performer, you portraying Tina, this iconic character we all know and love. And you know, the crowd is there. They were there with their Tina wigs. Yes, on, they were. All of the, the <laughs> I, all, I mean, it. all the outfits. People are, you know, looking up, what do I wear I to it. Tina? I love it. Right? Uh, what is it that you are really like, man, I, when I'm out there and I'm pouring everything into this role, I want people to walk away with this. Yes. You know, what is that for you? You know, I I want people, if anything, want to have a good time. I want people to sort of walk away with this reminder of, of them being like, it's, it's not necessarily over for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, especially for a lot of the, the women or uh, female identifying in the crowd and spaces who tend to be in that age demographic of Tina feeling like, well, I have lived my life and this is, you know, I guess this is what it is. And and that's not the case. I think from this, if any if anybody gets anything from this show, it is that you can keep pushing and you can keep thriving and you can be as big as you want to be. Do not rely on what people tell you what you should be. You know, um, you can be anything you want to be at any time, at any space, at any age. Um, to keep pushing when the times feel like I can't push anymore, I don't have anything to give. There's something inside of you that will remind you that you are definitely that phoenix, that phoenix that will rise from the ashes and you will fly at some point in time. It may not be at 22, it may be at 45, mm -hmm. it may be at 68. There's there's no time to, to tell you when your greatness is supposed to hit you and how long you're supposed to be great for. You will always be great until you have surpassed this life going into the next. And I just want people to leave knowing that, you know what? Tina overcame all of these things and she became this global phenomenon. So it's, it's not over for me. Yeah. And that's what I, I want people to walk away from. Wow. Hopefully with that feeling. And if not being like, oh, let me put that Tina record on and, yeah. and jam the night away. Because <laughs> sometimes it be that simple. Yeah, yeah. Which is also an addition to joy. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Well, Aria, I, before I let you go, I've got to give you time to look into the camera. Let folks know how they connect with you. How do we follow you and all of the greatness that you're doing and putting out there in the world? Um, if you do want to follow me, um, I am, you know, I guess I'm an IG girl. I'm an Instagram girl. They got other stuff that's out there now. I'm feeling like, oh, maybe I'm at that age. Well, I don't know what it is. Um, but if you want to follow me, I am at Instagram uh, at Ari, A-R-I, all lowercase, underscore grooves, G-R-O-O-V as in violin, E-S. Yes, I have to say that over the phone because then they think I'm saying something else. So Ari underscore grooves um, at IG. That's where you can find me and follow me, whether it's DJ, 
Tina, um, some other things. If you just want to just say, hey, girl, where you get your glasses from? Send me a DM. I'll tell you. <laughs> Ari, thank you so much thank for joining you. me today. It was a pure pleasure. Oh, and I, I'm looking forward to following you and continuing to yes. keep relationship going. That's yes. always important Black to me. Uh, so thank you so much. This thank has been you. a pure pleasure. This, is, this has been great. I mean, in this space, this has been great. Absolutely. Y'all, all of this greatness and this black star power action <laughs> is going to continue because I got Paris Lewis coming up right after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. You're watching yeah. The Day with Trey. I learned about the ANU program through many different community organizations. The program, um, they're very good at making sure that you meet the right people. My favorite part would have to be the community building um, and also the volunteer opportunities as well. I've been working on my physical health a lot more. I've been intentional about that and they're very big on that. I'm still learning how transformational it is um, because there's just so much opportunity. It's a great program and they will support you. Visit the link at the end of this video to learn more. Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community, the places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out, down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org. One in every 500 African Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org/ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. Get ready for a night of solid gold with the Temptations and the Four Tops. Same night, same stage, the Temptations and the Four Tops together live. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And as you can see, another phenomenal guest here with me on this Black Star Power episode right here at Art Noir on 23rd and Union in the iconic Central District. I'm excited to continue the discussion of Tina, the Tina Turner musical with Paris Lewis, who also plays Miss Tina. What's up, Paris? Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? I'm well. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. And honestly, I was like, okay, how am I going to talk to two different Tinas? But I love what we were just talking about. You were saying that this is a show that has multiple Tinas and there's something so unique that you all bring to the role. Um, before we get into your rendition of Tina, yeah. I would love to hear more about what got you into musical theater. You know, what were some of those iconic moments in your life? Maybe it was young or a little bit older where you were like, nah, I think this is the path. What mm -hmm. got you there? Um, so funny. I didn't end up here um, organically like a lot of people do. I kind of ended up here by happenstance too. So I have a background in classical music, um, training in opera. I was training as an opera singer for most of my journey. And uh, I liked musicals growing up. Like I went to performing arts, middle school, high school, uh, studied music in college. But in high school, I was just kind of like the vocal kid who was 
so on top in the program that I kind of got a little bored. Uh, and I was like, well, what are the musical theater kids doing? And I would hear the things that they were singing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. That's not standing here and reading sheet music. Although I love that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> it was it was a thrill about the storytelling that went beyond just singing the music and standing there that I hadn't experienced yet from adding movement, um, the acting. So it kind of intrigued me a bit. Uh, and I saw a few musicals with the department uh, while I was in high school, but I wasn't into musical theater. Uh, then I graduated high school and I went to college and I went to college in Daytona, Daytona Beach, Florida. I was okay. black college, but don't cook me university. Yeah. Hey, Wildcats. <laughs> um, but when I would come back to New York, my father would just encourage me to go to auditions. He's like, you're into theater. Just get out there and see what, see what this industry is like. You're studying to be a singer professionally. So just kind of go out there and see what you can find. And as I started going to auditions, just honestly on the whim, I was like, I should probably see some of these shows. Because I have no idea what I'm auditioning for. Yeah. I just knew I'm a singer. I can sing. I can sing anything that's on that page. So what are you guys doing? Can I be a part of it? And I kind of just found my way like that. Just being inquisitive. Um, but I didn't actually get my start in theater until about 2019, um, where I was just auditioning for fun again. I was doing operas during that time. And a friend of mine was like, hey, The Color Purple is having auditions for the national tour. You should come with me. And I was like, man, I'm tired of sitting in rooms all day and then singing for 10 minutes after being here for eight hours. And he was like, just come. Fine. Well, I went and got the job. Wow. <laughs> and that was kind of like my start, honestly, I'd say, besides being inquisitive about something and just seeing it from the outside looking in. Uh, Frank dragged me to an audition with them and I actually ended up getting a job. So then I was it became a thrill because I was like, OK, maybe you can really do this. <laughs> You got, you just booked the national tour on your own. It's the color purple, yeah. which is a staple in the black community. You know, like my mama was telling everybody, you don't believe what Paris is about to do. And so before I really kind of knew what I was getting into, it was a thrill of it. That was like, whoa, this is exciting. And then also, if you know of the color purple on Broadway, before it went on to tour, Jennifer Hudson, Fantasia, Heather Headley, then Cynthia Revo came, you know, like, just so many amazing black women. Um, Danny, like so many amazing black women that were attached to this show. I was just excited to be a part of that legacy yeah. and more so to be a part of the black theater legacy. That really like lit a fire for me. Um, jumping into this world and being like, if this is my introduction, I want to stay because wow. this is this is hot. Um, and whatever this is, I think I can figure it out if I, you know, meet the right people. So once I did The Color Purple, then I started really like, honestly, looking up things. The beautiful thing about the internet, yeah. you can get on Instagram, like Ari said, and really just find people. And I started kind of like stalking all the blacks on Broadway. I'm like, who are these ladies? Who are these guys? And what are they like? And what are they about? I want to be a part of this industry. And so that was kind of like, honestly, I think that was really, I'd say that was my start. Because before The Color Purple, I wasn't into musical theater. I wasn't going to see musicals. I didn't have any friends that were in musicals or on Broadway. I was just kind of like, I'm a singer and I meet a lot of singers and they do different things. Next. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, but wow. Yeah. I mean, this is what is always intriguing to me to explore people's stories because there's always these unique characteristics for everyone, yeah. right? And so I love that because I, I recently, over the last year and a half, became a real fan of the opera, right? And so, I mean, starting with like a full-on black opera, blue, nice. um, shout out to Seattle Opera because they keep me enthralled in all of the storytelling that happens there. But I love hearing that you had this kind of class classical background and you're able to merge it over here and really mm -hmm. bring your brilliance to black musical theater. That's really important. And when, when you were talking, I was thinking about myself, you know, when I went to Howard, so shout, shout out, go Bison. Go on. Um, and I went there for their theater program and, and people were like, are you going to do musical theater? And I was like, I know I sing and everything, but I think I want to really focus on how you pr do theater. Like I want to do theater management because I'm that I get in the background, nice. but I loved what they were doing because there's something so special about a musical theater program because you are doing acting, singing and dancing at a high level. Mm -hmm. And that's what this show actually showcases. <laughs> yes. I mean, y'all are putting on a full on show and I want to talk to you about not only your voice as Tina, but also embracing the moves of Tina yes. Turner, because we know that she has a certain je ne sais quoi, you know, aura about her that I'm sure that's something that was so specific about how you could embrace all of that and become Tina. Talk to us about yeah. that. Um, yes. Honestly, you said a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really just that Tina had an essence about her that the moves felt like they looked like walking to me. Every time she would like kick a leg or like slide to the left or slide to the right, it didn't seem like it was choreographed or something that was planned. The I guess, yes, because they're a unit, so they all were looking like each other. But Tina was like moving in a way that she was going off of feeling or like in today's today's word, vibes, yeah. right? She was going off of the vibes of the space and the music and what it made her feel. And that was the main thing that stood out to me um, when putting the movement on my body and also kind of like watching some of the other Tina's too. I mean, like this needs to feel effortless, but this needs to come from you mm -hmm. and adding those Tina esque movements to it. There's so many things that Tina is known for, for her high shoulders, um, her quick feet. Uh, Ari does this thing that Tina does all the time and I love it. And I'm like, there goes that move. There goes that leg. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, there are just certain little things that Tina had that when we put them in our bodies, you kind of like get that essence of her, especially when that music is going, you're feeling it. And that was, to me, that was like the most important thing to get those mannerisms mm. and put them into my movements. And it would all like marry itself because the singing, the singing is the fun part, right? That's the part that's like, this music is gonna slap whether <laughs> people like it or not. Right. And you put those movements with it. And I feel like it was a marriage. Um, watching so many old videos of Tina and how she stood her ground, but more so like she never had straight knees. Her knees were always bent. And to me, that stood out for the sense of like movement and her being grounded in her movement. Yeah. She was an incredible voice, but she was also very grounded in her movement. And it, it, it showed by the way that she captivated the stage, but also captivated the energy jumping in and out with her dancers. I'm like, this lady is running the show. Yeah. Yeah. She's in charge. They're, Ike is running the band, but they following her. Right. They following those feet, too. Yeah. 
Oh, I agree. And I think it was something that I got to actually witness opening night was seeing that Tina was the one that was creating all of the choreography. I was like, I don't think I really understood that before watching mm -hmm. the show. And, you know, it's, it's something for me where it's also what I was really taking away from so much of it was, wow, the brilliance of this black woman. For me, that was as a black woman, it was something that obviously resonated with me, but it was also something I could feel, you could see that the audience was responding to it. So mm. as y'all have been on tour, you know, how have you been receiving that kind of audience love and vibe because there's so many folks there that love Tina know Tina yeah. and there's others that may not know all these nuances to the story that are coming out in the way that this is written how have you been feeling that vibe since being on the tour oh that's a great question <laughs> um, I think it's uh, depending on the day and the city too um, and also something I was sharing with you depending on the vantage point that I have on that particular day yeah. um, if I'm in get. You can feel the crowd's energy when we start these big dance numbers and we come out full throttle mm -hmm. and you can feel that. And it's exciting because it kind of like reminds us that this is fresh. This is a new crowd of people. So give them their high energy that that they're that they are expecting because they've never seen us before. But also like do it like it's your first time because it's their first time. And then as Tina, it's also a thrill ride because people are able to connect to the things that they remember about Tina Turner. And as a young artist, that is something that I found so valuable um, because it makes the work, it's, if it's already validating, honoring who, when we started, she was our living legend, but now like our icon that has just passed on, um, honoring her legacy and bringing so many of her fans that come to the show and people who don't know, right? Into the world of Tina and into the world of the Ike and Tina Turner review. Because it was, it, the show is about Tina and it's Tina's story, but they built something together with the Ikeettes, with Ike, and being able to feel the crowd's energy and their, when they're screaming, even when they're not screaming. I love, um, one of my favorite things when I'm, when I'm not Tina and I come through the door as Tina's sister and I go, she's like, Eileen, what are you doing here? Ain't got time to explain, it's Ma. And the crowd is always like, oh my goodness. <laughs> And I always walk up stage. I'm like, did you hear them? Oh, they're in it now. They are in it. Um, that 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 type of stuff is really exciting for us. And as Tina, it it's even more exciting because it's they're following. They're holding on to the story. They're holding on to these key points that people don't know. Like you said, whether they know or not, there's so many little things in our show that are not in other depictions of Tina Turner's story that people don't know. And I hold on to it because it gives us more of a sense of reality if we're really honoring her when people come to the st to the show they're screaming but when we're able to talk to these people outside of the stage door when they're able to talk to them in the lobby and they say oh my goodness you had all of her moves oh my goodness you sounded just like her oh my goodness I remember this one time when I saw her in Rio and I'm like what <laughs> and I made you think of that or we made you think of that those are the things that like kind of help us hold on and those are the things that we we thrive on in my opinion because they keep the story authentic yeah. and remind us of like exactly what we're doing doing a show for a year is a long time yeah somebody <laughs> says he said you don't get bored doing it every day i'm like you have no idea <laughs> but we make it exciting and i to, for me the audiences make it exciting yeah because it's a different crowd every night so they're going to give you different energy and when they're quiet, I kind of love that, too. I'm like, uh-uh, y'all got to give me some more. Yeah. We up here for three hours. You want to be quiet for three hours? That's crazy. In this thrill ride of a show. Yeah. So, yeah, the audiences give us so much 
Um, and I, I, I like it. Whether they're quiet or, or they're rambunctious, I think there's always something to take because it informs you what you need to give. Yeah. Well, that, that for me is one of the things that I love about going to a show multiple times. You experience the way that different audiences respond, and it's not always the same. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I love being on stage, but I also really appreciate it as an audience member because I'm like, wow, all right. And sometimes it can depend on the section of the the, the audience that I'm sitting in, who's around me yeah. actually makes a difference too. And so it's really interesting to kind of feel that vibe from the crowd. Uh, well, I, you know, I always think about this because, you know, you're with the crew, the cast, you talk about a year, that's bonding time. That's getting to know new folks. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that, you know, how it is to kind of build that family sense with some of the folks that you are in this play with, in this musical with. How is it in terms of like the cast bonding? I think that bonding is inevitable yeah. <laughs> because we live where we work. Yeah. Um, and that is easier said than done. I feel like when you tell people I live where I work, they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds fun. I'm like, it's interesting. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a fun, interesting thing to me because one, you learn a lot about yourself, but then also you learn a lot about other people and it informs you things that you probably didn't recognize because you weren't living with your coworkers. But it also informs the work. The way that we show up for each other on stage is a direct reflection of the relationships that we have off stage. Mm. And that means a lot. There are people that just showed up. You saw their first show last night and we won't let them fall or fail in the way that we wouldn't let somebody fall or fail. That started with me on July 25th, yeah. like last year. Um, there's a beautiful thing about showing up for each other. We know that we're on this journey together and we got to take care of each other. We're in different cities every week, every month. And it really you, you're all you got out here because you're all you got up there, too. Yeah. And I, I keep that in the front of my mind um, because it, it, it reminds us that we got to give each other grace. And and I think when the grace comes in, it keeps it, it keeps us light and also keeps it fun. Yeah. Um, theater is exciting. Theater is fun. When you do something for so long, it can feel repetitive and you, it can kind of sometimes feel mundane. Um, like you can love all your coworkers, but you get tired of coming to sit in that cubicle. <laughs> right. And so you got to like make it exciting. Um, and the stage makes it exciting, but who we are as individuals also makes it exciting. We're playing characters, but we're still people. And I kind of love that part of it. And it helps me kind of like like the people that I work with more because I, I may enjoy what you do on stage. And then you come up and I'm like, ha ha, that was funny. You didn't do that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Good job. See ya. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's a journey, just like artistic your growth is a journey. The being on the road is a journey. And we, we have ups and downs. But to me, like that's the beauty of the family aspect of it, because we really become a family sooner than later. As um, soon as you said sale, you're like, all right, it's us. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We're Let's together. Go. Have you eaten today? Right. You don't look like you've eaten. Let's go. <laughs> and they may not be down with it, but you're like, no, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to take care of yourself. I'm going to help you today. That's all right. And I, I, I love the beauty in, of, of that in the journey, too, because it's not just about the show. It's about us as people yeah. and helping each other swim. 
I love that you said that because, uh, you know, I, I love to ask that question because I always get these wide variety of answers. But so much of it is always uh, foundational in family. And, you know, it's a, a chosen family in that regard. And yeah. I, I love hearing how you just describe that. Well, you know, when I think about Tina, I also think about the iconic costumes. And I got to ask you about that because, you know, seeing some of those costumes open at night, I was like, there it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. There it is. And you can see the growth, too, of, you know, when we talk about the, the, the long spanning career that is Tina Turner, you know, she went through different decades of fashion. Right. And there were certain things that she kind of held on to that really showcased more of her personality. Mm -hmm. How uh, have the costume department on this entire run, how has that been such a part of the story of telling uh, of oh, Tina Turner? It's a major part of the story through the eras, right? Um, Tina's not the only person that's dressed in the era. Every person on stage is. Um, the costume department, they are tired. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I bet. They are tired, but they do an incredible job of making sure that we look like whatever era we're moving through in the show and that it's authentic to each character. Um, and I, I kind of love that. Like you said, Tina, has she's known for her iconic costumes. And if you can say anything about her that stuck with her throughout the decades is that sequence. She loved that. Oh, yeah. She loved it. She loved to shimmer and shine. And that's also like a exciting part of it. But then also when you look into the ensemble and you'll see like even the I guess and how they looked like Tina, um, just as much as she made it the choreography with them, they also worked together to pick out these costumes and what they wanted. She was a family with these women. Yeah. Those were her sisters. And um, it's, it's so cool, like you said, to see them throughout time from when you started the show and you're like, that's the little lady from Nutbush. That's yeah. the little girl from Nutbush. And by the end, she's like Tina Turner, that girl in on, across the pond in Europe, um, showing up looking like the 70s, right? Um, it's, it's a really, really cool journey that is definitely highlighted in the show. From her clothes to even her hair. Yeah. 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 It's a whole style. Um, and so I'm, I'm so glad, actually, that there's uh, two of you playing Tina while y'all yeah. are here in Seattle. Tell us about the times that you'll be on stage so folks out there can know. And also yeah. let them know how they connect with you, Paris, if they want to follow you, yes. if they want to learn more and be on this journey with you. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Listen closely, friends. <laughs> Paris Lewis here. Uh, you can catch me playing the Paramount as Tina Turner on Wednesday. Which is today? What's today's date? I know. Like is it the thirteenth? Yeah, September thirteenth. Um, as well as Friday night for our eight p.m. show, our Saturday night show, and our Sunday closing night show. I'll be your Tina, and you can find me on Instagram at Renaissance Woman underscore. I know Renaissance is hard. R e n a i s s a n c e Woman underscore. Oh, Paris Lewis. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much for joining me today. Honestly, hands down, pure pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, y'all, y'all know uh, this is phenomenal. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching the David Trey. What up, y'all? Tina up here, our Queen of Converge, checking in for my Alaska Airlines flight to remind you that you can watch Art of the Matter as a part of Alaska Airlines in-flight entertainment. Episodes 1 featuring Moses' son, and both of our police episodes featuring Kevin Morales and Pin Cayetano are available now at 30,000 feet. See you in the friendly skies. 
When I think about what I would say to a young entrepreneur right now is that there are so many opportunities for growth and learning here in Seattle, Washington and take full advantage of it. There is all kind of training programs, all kind of grant micro lending programs, so many opportunities. Please take advantage of all that so that you can get the learning that you need so you have a firm foundation so your business can grow. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. What's up, everybody? Trey Holiday here, and it is about that time to get our kids back into school. So, of course, it's also a great time to make sure they are up to date on all of their vaccinations. You can find free vaccination events all throughout King County, and they are giving out COVID-19 vaccines, boosters, all the vaccinations you need to make sure your kids are ready to start their school year off right. Go to kingcounty.gov forward slash find a clinic to find a free vaccination event near you. Welcome back, y'all, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Just got to wrap it up right here in Art Noir as other things are going on in the building. We're just excited that I got to have Ari Groover and Paris Lewis, two phenomenal women who are playing Tina Turner in Tina, the Tina Turner musical happening right now at Paramount Theater from the 12th to the 17th. So y'all still have some time. Get your tickets. You will not be disappointed in this show. You know, I was inspired by what both of them shared about not only their journey in the musical theater, which was so different for both of them, but also the ways that they are portraying this iconic character we know and love, Miss Tina Turner. Uh, they are both pouring everything they have on that stage. And I encourage y'all to not only be inspired by the stories they shared, but also by the story of Tina Turner herself. If you don't know enough about her or much about her, but you want to, this is a great time for you to go ahead and get your ticket so you can learn more about her. She is a phenomenal character in our American fabric, but also a phenomenal performer who poured everything out on every stage that she attended, every stage she graced her presence with. And I'm just going to tell you right now, Get your tickets. You won't be disappointed. I want to give a huge shout out to my Black Star Power guests today, Ari Gruber and Paris Lewis, for being with me, sharing their journeys as they become Tina Turner on that stage for all of you to enjoy. Be inspired, y'all, because there may be an artistic way for you to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.